Welcome to the True Blue Riffcast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and I am joined, as always, by... Uh, hi, I'm Dave. I'm joined by Jeremy. I'm also known on the internet as Sugar Ray Dodge. Also as um, IMD. That's that's the other thing I'm known known by is the initials, IMD. IMD. I, yes, IMD. Oh, do you want to know that's what that means? Yes, please. Uh, my, IMD means Iron Man Dies. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I blow something? Did I, did I mess up? No, no, you're perfectly fine because, you know, the the spoiler ban has been lifted weeks ago on that movie. So, oh, okay, good. I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, you don't care. Yeah. Now, Dave, before we get started today, I have to know: is there any box cutters or any (laughs) clicky pens or anything within arm's reach of you? Okay, Uh, if if you listen to. True Blue Riffcast uh, number one last week. Um, I happen to have because if there's anything near me, I will play with it. It's like when, when I was in the army, I couldn't wear my dog tags around my neck. I had to have them in my pocket because if I had them, I would like take them off and twirl them because it's something. It's why I can't wear glasses. It's why I can't wear a watch or anything like that. If it's, I'm going to have it and play with it and I won't even know it. And last week I had this box cutter. It's actually way over there. It's out of my reach now. Good. And I just had that in my hand, and I didn't even know. And I guess it was uh, Jeremy didn't bother telling me at the time. Hey, what's that clicking noise? Like, oh, let me put this box cutter away. Uh, he just let me do it for the whole damn time. I didn't uh, even realize uh, while we yeah. were talking. Yeah. But I like, think, oh, no, yeah, I was playing with this box cutter. like, oh, no, don't do that. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I think literally as soon as I stopped recording last week, I realized that you were playing with something and I asked you about it and uh, it definitely came through as anybody who listened to the first, the first episode would notice. Uh, I was able to edit some of it out. Thankfully. I think it's going to be fine. I think everything, I think the world's not going to end, but yeah, I will just have to remind you at the beginning of, or before we start recording every episode to uh, not have anything in your hands or, or close well, to you. I'm gonna have you to find, then I'm about to find something super annoying to annoy you with then after, <sighs> after this. It's going to be like a running gag until we either forget about it or I get tired of it. So, Yeah. Anyway, so, hey, Riff Tracks. Yeah. Isn't that a great thing you both like? It sure is. You know what else is great? Let's look at some headlines. Headlines. Hey, Dave, are you familiar with the movie Scrooged? I am. Um, I'm not a terribly big uh, fan of, I mean, I like ground, I mean, I like Ghostbusters and Groundhog Day, like, like anybody. I'm not a big fan of, I mean, I'm aware of the movie Scrooged. I've seen it. Not a fan. Well, for some strange reason, Kevin Hart and Paramount have decided that it needs to be rebooted. Why? Oh, money. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's always money. But I can't think, honestly, of a worse person like, to take over for this than Kevin Hart. Yeah, it's, it's like now you say reboot, re, 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 like remake. It's like he yeah, just remake wants to do, You're gonna, yeah. But with Kevin Hart. That makes little that makes little sense. I mean, is The Rock going to be there at least? I I I would not be surprised if he showed up at some point. I mean, that would at least make it, you know, at least you have the rock. I I just I don't I don't get it. I don't understand why 
Other than money, it's money. It's always money. Speaking of money, oh, Kevin Hart, Secret Life of Pets two, number one movie over this past weekend at the box office. Kidding? I thought, no way. Followed by Dark Phoenix at number two, and Aladdin third, and uh, Godzilla dropping down to fourth. But let's let's talk about uh, the number two movie over the weekend here oh, just a little bit. This Dark Phoenix, thirty three million dollar weekend total, and That's it is the worst opening of any X Men movie to date. And that's like it's just such a and this is the last. It's um, the last one of the current iteration. Yes. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's gonna be like it like brings. I mean, I suppose you could tie it to the Rift Tracks classic, uh, and this is of course why we can talk about it on the podcast. Yes. Uh, the uh, the classic X Men movie from the year two thousand. Um, which has a lot of, you know, the year two, early 2000, the year 2000 sensibilities in it in regards to <laughs> um, morality. Uh, it's very subtle themes. Yeah, it's very, yes, it's very, it took a, it took a sledgehammer and to be like, oh, let's talk about uh, acceptance. Bah! Yes. And ah. just like smack you over the head with it. Be like, uh, I'm not saying it's, it's, it was a bad thing. Not saying that at all, but I'm just saying that it just beats you to death with it. And it's something that's you can be very critical about the movie for. Yes. But beyond that, it's a movie that like when I saw Days of Futures Past and X-Men Apocalypse, which I actually like a lot. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I still haven't um, seen either of those. So, But um, like I heard that X-Men, I heard that X-Men music, you know, like the uh, like the movie theme. And I yeah. got all excited, like, oh, my gosh. I'm an X-Men movie fan. This is fantastic. <laughs> right? This is great. I'd be like, just got like my, like, just like, ooh, I forgot about this. This is awesome. I love this. And then I, you know, like, everyone's like, we got to do Dark Phoenix Saga. We got to do yeah. it right because uh, to use a 2017 to 2019 term, uh, X-Men 3 was just a dumpster fire. The obvious phrase that's going to date us to this specific year. Yes. Dumpster fire. And of course, uh, um, X Men Three: The Last Stand, uh, one of the highest opening weekends of all time for an X Men movie. <laughs> yeah, and it was just terrible, X-Men. awful. But the, yeah, but the, the 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 thing is about Dark Phoenix is that okay? Look, I haven't seen it, and from what I've read about it is like you know I'm just gonna come out and say this is I, I I just think it's fanboys being like this is not what I specifically what what I wanted. And I'm not gonna like it and throw a fit. There's been a lot of that happening. I can't imagine it being worse than X3. Hate to say it, but I mean, like, it seems like it's gonna be pretty good. I'm probably gonna see it one time. But also, uh, old Sansa Stark can't seem, can't seem to catch a break in the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, she's getting rough, this man. Lost. This movie lost. You know, like uh, from Deadline, Dark Phoenix is bound to lose a hundred million dollars. That is a lot of money to lose, like especially in an era when superhero movies were supposed to clean up. I haven't seen the movie. I can't imagine it's that terrible. I don't know. The the reviews that I'm seeing, the actual reviews, um, are saying that Dark Phoenix makes X3 look like a good movie. Oh, bullshit. 
you're gonna have to get your editing thing out for that. I'm sure they're saying that. Like I can't. I just that's just BS to me. I cannot accept that. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I cannot accept that, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm sure you're telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, I like I said, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the last couple. I just eventually, I'm sure I'll sit down and watch them. I just have better ways to waste my time. Anyway, like with Rift Tracks. Well, that's not a waste of time at all. So I guess we should talk about Rift Tracks eventually on our Rift Tracks podcast. Yeah. Well, how about we do that right now yeah, with a short review of Rift Tracks shorts? Hold on. Wait a minute. Before you do it, I want to do my. I, I, I want to add my thing to the to the shorts. Shorts, right? Okay. And now go ahead and play. Yes. Today on Short Reviews of Rift Track Shorts, we're going to be taking a look at beginning responsibility lunchroom manners. Mr. Bungle, he's filthy, he's rude, he's messy, he's killed 12 men. Okay, maybe that last part isn't actually true. We don't really know. We just know that no one likes him, and no one wants to be like him, especially not Phil. Phil's the kid who likes to make sure his hands are nice and clean every time he uses a bathroom by using half of the soap in the dispenser. Uh, his buzz cut, he has to make sure it's all in place before he eats the gigantic piece of cake that is literally as big as his head. <laughs> wow. I, I wish I was exaggerating this, Dave. I know you're not. It's so big. Like, I, I can't even imagine and that's that they would do that in a school. And I know that's what they used to do, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much that I like in this short. The overabundance of soap, the sad little puppet, the gigantic cake, and of course, the repetitive, angry, and pained cries of Bungle, Mr. Bungle, Bungle. And of course, this is a cornet short. So anyone familiar at all with Rift Track shorts knows the name Cornet. And they know the quality that that name brings with it. Is it good? The short is outstanding. It is uh, It is actually one of my essential shorts. Meaning, if you don't have it or you haven't seen it, go right now and spend the dollar. The one dollar. <laughs> the one dollar. Send it off to Rift Tracks. And in return, get this enjoyable little snippet of laughter thank you thank you yeah so that's one of your faves oh i love it it's so good it's so good the the whole mr bungle thing kills me every time has that been, i don't think that's been on rift tracks live i don't think no this this one has only been released through the website so it's not like measuring man or you know no like, or, or norman or someone or, or something that like people would be extremely extremely familiar with no this one this is actually one of the older ones it was released february 21st of 2008 that's yeah that's season three i go by like the whatever the calendar year was like i called whatever was released in 2006 season one season two is 2007 all that stuff so 2008 yeah it's season three and that's like that's just when things were like i feel 2008 Especially towards the end when we started getting uh, Star Wars and uh, A New Hope, anyway, Harry Potter 3. And also that year for shorts, I think we also had, um, what's, a, what's it called with the monkeys? 
Um, one got fat. Monkeys. Yeah, one got fat. Yeah, I can't believe I just that just brain fart. But yeah, yeah, the stuff that came before was excellent. But that's I feel things got like excellent, like gold platinum level. That's when things started getting very, very like when they came into like their own and they'd been doing it for a while already. And it's like, hey, look, we can riff the hell out of some shorts and some big blockbuster uh, MP3 commentaries. And we're distinct from MST3K now. And this is an awesome thing. So that's it. It makes sense that that would be a short that came out in that in that era. It was actually the uh, third short they ever released. Really? So going way back to the beginning ah. of their shorts catalog. What was the first short ever ever released? Uh, the like, first, like, like the first legit short, not like uh, Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey, which is fine, but it's not like in the, in the tradition of like you know these kinds of shorts that we're talking about. The first short they released was a visit to Santa. Really? In December of 2007. Yes. Santa is that? That's not the one that um. That's not I need you tonight. No, that is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. No, a visit to Santa's where they uh, they Dog see Santa memory, in their yeah. split their split level house, and uh, they sit on his lap and he takes them in their helicopter up to. Oh, okay, yeah, all right, okay. I know which one you're talking about. I run a Rift Tracks wiki, everybody. I'm totally aware <laughs> of all these things. Yes. Let's go from the short to the not short. <laughs> And let's talk about some VODs. VODs, yes. So uh, we did have a new release uh, on Friday, which is um, kind of, I mean, it's not super unusual. It's happened before um, in 2015 on the same day they released Stone Cold. And then the following year they released, in uh, August, they released one we talked about last week, Ruby, the day after Mothra. <laughs> Man, that's a one-two punch, isn't it? Yeah, like Mothra, bam, then Ruby, boom, jeez. Wow, they couldn't be more different. And um, But they haven't done it the last couple of years. And, you know, it's just, but uh, they did it this year. Obviously, we had, which we're going to talk about later, we had Star Raiders on Thursday. And uh, so we both thought, it's like, okay, well, we're probably probably just going to get like a a deal or something. Uh, There's like, no, but we have one called The Power. Um, not to be compu- confused with uh, one of your favorites, Jeremy, The Dark Power. Yes, The Dark this Power. Is, um, or, or the song, I've Got the Power by Snake. I've Got the Power! Thank that you. That song? Yeah. Or um, or I Have the Power from He-Man. Or uh, <laughs> The Power is Yours from Captain Planet. Oh, man, but... Um, we, should so, probably, we should probably stop this while we're... Yeah, while we're at- yeah this bit, yeah. <laughs> That's enough of that. But uh, this movie, uh, you know how I talk about uh, movie selection. Sometimes movie selection is just like, Mwah! right? That's the thing where I do with my fingers, ran like kiss my fingers and do the whole, Mwah! right? Yeah. And then sometimes it's just, what did they do to us? Right? <laughs> like with Giant from the Unknown. Actually, this is a little bit better. Not by much, though. I mean, but the power is, it's very 80s. You could, it was shot for like $5. <laughs> and it was just like, it was like, it's this time in the 80s that's like right before like the very charming time in the 80s when you had like, you know, all the Miami Vice, you know, like, you know, like the, the neon colors, the pink and the purple and the blue, you know, like the 80s that everybody loves and associates with, right? So uh, this is like, this is right before that. 
And um, you, this cast is, it goes from, now this is the Wikipedia entry for the, the thing. An Aztec demon called uh, Distactyl, or like, I, I can't even remember how they said it in the movie. <laughs> and I watched the movie like two days ago. Okay. That's like, a cattle? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, something like that. It's like some serious Final Fantasy BS. It's like a Bahamut or something that you summon in Final Fantasy VIII and it shoots lightning out of its eyes. Uh, who is believed uh, to be able to, to control human souls is trapped in a small Aztec doll. And it's like this little tiny wood carving. Like, they, like the production is just awful. However, a young man named Jerry is soon possessed and, take, and is taken over by the demon after getting his hands on an idol and soon causes mayhem to anyone he comes across, including a group of, of high school students. Now, I could not for the life of me tell you which one of these people Jerry is. There are so many characters in this movie. Like, there's a group of high school kids with a Ouija board. There's a group of very, there's a group of very unattractive reporters. Uh, and they all wear these John Stockton shorts um, <laughs> in a time like when, you know, like it's right before the charming 80s. It's like that. Wow. Yeah. It's dude. It's 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 pretty bad and terrible to to look at. It was shot for like five dollars. It's really one of like it's uglier than uh, Cyber Tracker. Ooh. It's uglier than Supersonic Man. Mm. I mean, take House on Sorority Row. Okay, oh one of our one of our favorites, and take out everything charming about House and Sorority Row. <laughs> okay, you have you have the power. So there's no upstairs waterbeds. There's no upstairs waterbeds. There's no disgusting pool <laughs> with oh, man. garbage in it that they didn't clean. <laughs> oh man, household sorority row flashbacks. Anyway, this is <laughs> this is. I can't believe I can't believe this is a situation that we're in, where I'm pining for the uh, quiet dignity. Of House on Sorority Row. The fat guy in his underwear jumping in that gross pool. Yeah. And, and, to a lesser <sighs> extent, haunt, and to a lesser extent, Haunted Ween. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Haunted Ween. That's, uh, uh, Google it, everybody. But, uh, yeah, that's, um, movie's not great. I mean, it's a fun time. Go buy it and listen to the riff. You'll have a fun time. Keep in mind, you also are going to have to watch The Power. At least you get to watch it with the riffs. Exactly. Like um, Connor and Sean and, and Mike and Jason, and everybody else who has to sit there and watch it multiple times. I'm probably not going to revisit this one a whole lot. Not like, you know, stuff like, say, you know, it's not like The Room or Birdemic or Roller Gator or anything like that. But it is a solid entry in the 2019 catalog so far. Last year, we had this, we we saw this in 2016. We saw this last year as well. Uh, where um, it starts off, we have some strong titles at the very beginning, and then, you know, we have kind of, you know, like, I don't want to say weaker, but just like, you know, some of the more, this is more of a low-key entry. This is kind of like Kill and Kill Again, right? It's it's it, it's cool. It gets us to the next, whatever the next big thing is going to be. Like later this year's A Talking Cat is going to come along, right? Yeah. We're going to have something um, so, of that level. Yeah, and then like, and then it's going to, and then we're going to get craziness like Spiker and 
ice cream man and 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 stuff like that. But the power is just kind of like a step along the way, honestly. So it's um it's good for I'm probably gonna watch it a couple more times. Probably not gonna revisit it a whole lot after that though. To be per- to be per- I mean I'm just being honest. Yeah, uh, nothing wrong with uh, that. But um it's a B. I'll give it a B. All right, and uh, we also have another VOD to talk about, but this one is not your standard Riff Tracks release. Nope. This one is a Riff Tracks Presents release from Matthew J. Elliott and Ian Potter from 2016, Flight to Mars. Dude, uh, when this came out, I was so happy to to to, to see it. Because it's probably one of the best. Riff, I mean, I, I'm not even. This is not hyperbole. It's probably one of the best things Riff Tracks overall has done. It's probably the best Riff Tracks presents thing. I mean, not just what Matthew and Ian have done, but from like all from like the whole Riff Tracks presents phenom phenomenon that umbrella. It's like, oh my gosh, dude! It's so it's so funny. The riffs are just like. I mean, I think you kind of have to understand what it took for Rift Tracks Presents to get to something like Flight to Mars. Yeah. Uh, especially the journey of uh, Matthew J. Elliott and Ian Potter. Ian, like, them as a team, but also, in particular, Matthew J. Elliott as well, because he's been doing this for a very long time. Right, and he um, started out doing them by himself. Right. He started off doing solo riffs. Uh, the story goes is that he and a group of, uh, I don't want to get the story wrong, a group of people that he knows as friends, they were going to do it together. And then they all, uh, you know, long story short, they all bailed on him and he ended up doing it himself. And he did that by himself. And he did, he actually did quite a few, what you would think would be essential riff tracks titles. Yeah. He ended up doing like Planet of the Apes, which I think is just like because Planet of the Apes is not just huge for 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 riff tracks. It's like it was a huge influence on the precursor to riff tracks that some people might know as Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes. Um, and it's just like and Planet of the Apes references and lore and all that is prevalent not only in that precursor that we call MS3K, but also into uh, the film crew. And into the whole of MST3K, not MST, of Rift Tracks, as we know it. And he did that. And he also, you know, he did, he did Armageddon. He did, he did a whole bunch of, and they're all really good. Die Hard. Yep. And the thing is, is that, um, and then you had the big, you know, uh, one of the biggest turning points in the history of Rift Tracks as a company in creative direction was after... The Wrath of Khan, which kind of ended the uh, MP3 only era, as I call it, even though there were some VODs back there. But in 2011, you know, you had you had three ones that kind of that kind of closed out that era. That was uh, Highlander, Karate Kid 3 and Wrath of Khan. Then they go away for about a month. They come back and they have Crater Lake Monster and the Devil's Hand. And after that, it's a mix of VODs and MP3s. Now, during that time. Matthew was kind of quiet for a little bit. He did one VOD by himself. And at this point, he's still doing them by himself. And he did do one VOD towards the end, uh, uh, Horror Express. And it was, I believe it was his only, and it was it was towards the end of 2012. It was around Guy from Harlem around that time. 
And it was okay. It was pretty good. But then he takes about a year off. And everyone thinks, I think Jenna and Cole might have done something in 2013. But anyway, Rift Tracks presents as kind of like a brand, kind of like is dormant for about a year. Yeah. And then Matthew comes back with a riffing partner, Ian Potter, in a riff of the movie, uh, I believe it's public domain, uh, King of Kong Island. And that just changes everything. I mean, it was a cool thing before, but now it's just like I kind of feel. And then, like, you could see that there were King of Kong Island is excellent. It is an yeah. excellent, sturdy riff. You could see, like, OK, this is they're laying the foundation here for something outstanding. Right. And then later on that year, you have Scared to Death, uh, which is different from <laughs> another Rift Tracks presents <laughs> of the same name. <laughs> released this year i saw that i was like what but it's but it's no it's a different movie and it's a different, it's a different movie yep. yeah and it's um it's a don't even worry about it you can watch both <laughs> and not be and almost not be confused almost but yeah it's so you had those two but then in 2015 uh, matthew and ian just like really, really just hit their stride with warning from space in 20 in 2015, because it was just like it's the perfect Rift Tracks movie. Yeah. Giant one eyed starfish aliens. Mm-hmm. Come on. And like but the Japan aesthetic with their sensibilities to me at that time, that was the greatest thing Rift Tracks presents had, had 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 ever done. And I didn't know if they'd be able to beat it, honestly. And then and then Flight to Mars came out. The following year, and it just blew, dude. The number of times when I like, I really wasn't even because I kind of knew the what was going on because I had watched it a few times in 2016. Yeah, I busted up like I kind of wasn't even half paying attention to it, and there were some jokes in there. It's like especially, it's just, it's like every joke is like you know how we were talking about star wars rogue one that riff just like every line being just an a plus vicious winner that's what this is flight to mars guys it's like the perfect riff tracks thing if you haven't seen it you have to it's just like and you know i don't even care if you're one of these guys that's be like, oh, well, it's just these, uh, these British guys from a different country. <laughs> I don't want to give them a, I don't want to give them a chance. Go ahead. Look, if you're going to do that, look, if if you want to be a douchebag and think that way, that's totally fine. Okay, go ahead and I do mean, that. It's, you have it's to not, but. <laughs> no, no, look, this is, I'm telling you, it's got to be, I don't even know, like, I only paid $8 for it at the time. I don't know how much, how much it's, it is It's $7.99. Okay, yeah. Go get, like, this is, you're depriving yourself of, like, riffing perfected like this is a perfect riff you gotta get this listen to it it's 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 it it is the perfect riff and it's just like it's the end result of these two men and especially this very long journey for matthew j elliott who has uh who ian potter just brought the best out in him uh and i don't think you can say enough about ian potter for that but i think just the journey that Matthew has been on for over a decade, yeah. I think culminated in this, and he deserves to be just like a legit part of the Rift Tracks lore and its legacy and everything. And dude, Matthew, you know we love you here, man. And oh yeah. You like dude, you are you are at like this is the Matthew J. Elliott appreciation podcast right now. <laughs> this is guys, get 
flight to Mars and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know if I can put I don't know if I can do it any more justice than that. We could talk about what happens in the movie, but it's just you know, I'm I'm going to say this since we're just showing our appreciation for Matthew and Ian right now. They had a part in the uh, Batman versus Superman Mega Rith, and quite frankly, uh, it was it was one of my favorite segments out of the whole thing. Yeah, like it their was, their section that they did for that movie, I laughed so hard and so loud during that that my wife yelled at me from the other room. They got. They got. I was surprised. They, they, you know, you would think that there were a lot of points in their section during that riff that you would think that they would give to Mike, Kevin, and Bill. I didn't know it was going to be just like oh segments. I thought it was just going to be like everybody gets jokes and it was just gonna be everybody interested. Like no, it was just the teams get this segment and then this segment and then this segment. It wasn't thirteen riffers riffing at the same time like at the uh, MST three K reunion show or at Which, some of these uh, Night of the Shorts uh, things that they do. Which for a movie of this length would have been too much. Yeah, but you get it. It's cool. It's just like you get kind of like, like five different kind of like riffs, and it's 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 pretty good. I yeah. mean, like it's it's a mega riff. It's on uh, the uh, riff wiki uh, riff track starter kit in part five, and furthermore, uh, we're gonna do a part six here soon-ish, and you know we talk about. Matthew, but we also got to give props to Ian Potter, man. That oh, guy yeah. is is like he is so funny, and I don't want to say for what, but Ian Potter personally gave me a joke off the top of his head that I used, and it's funnier than anything I could have used <laughs> in his place. And I got angry because he wrote a joke for something of mine that was funnier than anything that I could have come up with. And I just, and he just came up with it. And I told this to Matthew and he's like, welcome to my world. And I was like, it's like, it's like, so I guess it's like that. Yeah, I guess so. So anyway, yeah, I do. I, I can't put over flight to Mars any more than, than I already have. So everybody go get it. Yeah. Watch if, it. It's awesome. If, if you guys don't, don't want to listen to it just because it's not Mike, Kevin and Bill, come on. Yeah. Come this on. Is something I think needs to be talked about. Because that's there that does exist out there. That does bother me. That yeah. people don't that, that people don't give the Rift Tracks Presents teams a chance. So now let's move on to our our other uh oh geez. My brain just stopped again. I gotta stop doing that, man. Let's move on to, to our next I see, I don't even never mind. Never mind. Last week we had Rift Tracks Live Star Raiders. For, for, you for, saw for that, Dave, right? Right, Dave? You saw that? You saw that one, right, Dave? You got to go see that? You got to go see the Rift Tracks Live Star Raiders, Dave? Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, you're you're, yeah. you're, you're giving it back to me. Because, yeah. Because yeah, I did that to you for, 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 for Octoman. What had happened was, this is for the first time ever, I actually didn't go see a Rift Tracks Live for, like, on the night, advertised night. Because it initially was... I was going to go down and train to be in the Rocky Mountain Rumble. But then I ended up not going anywhere because there was this insane thunderstorm where I live out here in the middle of nowhere. And I couldn't go anywhere. So it's like, well, it's like, it doesn't matter now. So, but uh, I am going to have to be Team Tuesday. But but when you're listening to this, probably if you're an early bird, that's probably when I'm going to be in the theater watching Star Raiders. Yes. Uh, on the other hand, 
I, against all odds, actually got to see this one. Amazingly. Uh, it was a three-hour-long round trip for me. I don't know that for you. <laughs> I got to see it before you did, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay for no. once, like the one time oh. only ever that I actually saw something Rift Tracks before you did. Guess what? Lots of people saw it before we did, too, so. Yes, because... This one, as we touched on a little bit last week, wasn't technically live. Uh, they filmed it the night before they did the Octoman uh, live show broadcast. Which I want to, uh, which I want to state out there, everybody, which is fine. Okay. And yeah. I saw people, I saw people talking about this. People and getting they were, mad about this is just ridiculous. Because they didn't know that it started at seven thirty instead of eight o'clock. Well, it's called Check Your Tickets, guys. You bought the tickets for the movie. Whether you bought them at the box office or you bought them online, it's going to tell you what time the show starts, just like every other movie. In their defense, just to, like, devil's advocate, I'm not saying I agree with this or anything like that. Uh, I think they were anticipating that uh, it would be starting at the same time that it usually does, which is, uh, like, right up there on the hour. Yes. And and this this event did start at the bottom of the hour. However, yes. that's really not an excuse to not check your local list. Well, and, and yeah, any time that they've shown something Rift Tracks that has not been a live broadcast, they've started it at 730 instead of eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll walk that back a little bit because, yes, it could be confusing, I guess, for some people. But you should still be there a half hour early anyway so you don't to miss see- – to see the slides. Slides. Yeah. Right. What's Trivious wrong with you? Great. There was one uh, from Star Raiders that I laughed so hard I actually had people turn around to look at me. Um, <laughs> and, and that does happen uh, a few times with these. Uh, usually there's a few that not everybody will get, but sometimes they hit home with me. And I cackle like a madman, and I get the weirdest looks. And usually it's something that Connor wrote. Some Dark Tower reference. Well, this one, this one, I don't know who wrote it, but I, I loved it. If you buried the Adams family in the graveyard from Pet Cemetery, they'd come back as the monsters. Okay, yeah, that's either Connor or Sean. I love that slide. That is Connor that, or Sean. That is one of my all-time favorite slides, right there with uh, the the picture of uh, shirtless Vin Diesel. And saying that they cast him as Caillou underneath it. <laughs> the Octoman live show. That one that one's great. Anything uh, anything referencing anything referencing Garfield or anything Garfield like related? Oh, like that but, is Connor. That is Connor. I can I can tell you that right now. <laughs> anything Garfield related is Connor. Yes. But let's let's talk a little bit about Star Raiders itself. This movie it, I tried to watch it. I tried to watch it raw, couldn't do it. It well, well, we looked up. Somebody sent me a link to the Kickstarter. Oh, and, you said that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, according to the Kickstarter, the Kickstarter made $22,000. That's it. And I was going to say in my head that that looked that seems like a high number for the budget for this film after watching the film. But then I found out that the Kickstarter was only to finish the movie. Yeah, it's post. It was just for just for post. They had already filmed everything, and this was back in 2015. The movie came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. So, 
but so they, it's basically they, like a, a fan movie that's not a fan movie. That's uh, you have a bunch of people running around in the in in the forest. Like it is because they can't build sets. It, it, it's like it's like Space Mutiny, but they couldn't even afford the staircases and the railings. Yeah. Uh this this movie it feels like the pilot episode. Uh, to one of those old uh, Saturday afternoon straight to syndication TV shows that they used to show in the mid nineties, like uh, Cleopatra twenty five twenty five or Viper or Knight Rider twenty ten, you know that that type of stuff. That's what this what kind of PBS like. knockoff stations are you list? Are you watching? No, no, no. These these were on uh on NBC and ABC. All this stuff it aired at at like noon on Saturdays the action pack TV block. Oh. It was all just straight syndication stuff. No, I was uh, only playing Mario three by, by nude on Saturday. So, <laughs> and we mentioned last week, uh, Cynthia Rothrock is in this movie. Oh yeah. Mrs. Santa. Uh, she was for about two minutes at the very end. Uh, it, it was all sequel set up, but it was, it's not some, you know, let's credit Tippy Hedren because the birds is on screen for an instant in my movie situation. Uh, but it's really just a glorified cameo. And she got like really high billing for it. I was about to say, look, you can't. Uh, OK, look, that's like booking Tommy Wiseau. You know, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. But, uh, what? Yeah, she's confusing. She's she's literally in the movie for for setup for the sequel that uh, that is never going to happen. That they yeah. threatened us with because that, that wasn't. Like hopes of a sequel. That was a that was a that was a threat that they were gonna make a sequel to this movie. Like the like the Super Mario uh, sequel. Yeah, that was a threat too, but that one was worse because that was a threat to my childhood. <laughs> um, but there there's some great great riffs in this movie. There there's one that most people and our showing missed because. They were laughing at the situation in the movie itself, which was Casper Van Dien being a creep. Um, what? Yeah, you'll you'll understand when you see it. But his name is Saber Rain, and the joke there is that he is the son of Purple and November. And <laughs> I really liked that line. So whoever wrote "Son of Purple and November," thank you from me. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a great it's a great riff. Terrible movie. And it's not even that the acting is the worst because we've obviously seen worse acting, worse uh special effects in movies than what they had in here uh for the ships and and everything like that, but it's a, it's a good riff, solid live show. I had more fun watching this one than I did Octoman. But that's simply because Octoman is such a plotting movie. Mm-hmm. In this movie, some things actually kind of happen. I think. Well, the movie does, but the movie does. The movie also have personality, though. I mean, that's also very important. The, yes, it does. Okay. It, you could tell that some of the people in this movie were actually trying. <laughs> that makes up for a lot, honestly. Like in yeah. a lot of riff tracks. Like if the movie has a lot of personality. Like, uh, you know, the, like the power doesn't have any personality at all. <laughs> something like a talking cat or spiker or ice cream man. If something like that, you know, people, you know, people are going to go back and, and, and remember it and, and rewatch it and, and stuff like that. So but uh, Octoman doesn't really have that. They just have the big rubber suit. And it's like, what is that? You know, this one, this one, you could tell that it was 
definitely a passion project mm-hmm. that just didn't turn out. I mean, it's, it's kind of in that, in that sense, it's kind of similar to a uh, Miami connection, which mm-hmm. was a real passion project for, for them to make. Mm-hmm. Like it was, they really wanted to, to do this movie and you could tell that they wanted that with this too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't fault them for that. It's just everything else about the movie that oh, you I could fault, them for. fault them for sucking. I mean, you yeah. could definitely do that. Um, and the other thing that this live show brought us was yet another song for this year from the Riftones. From with Octoman, we got the uh, the Ballad of Octoman, mm-hmm. uh, which was in the style of uh, what was it Big John or Big Joe or whatever the yeah, old it's not, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not but, crazy. Yeah, I don't remember the name of the song, but I was familiar enough with it to recognize what Style, they were. Yeah, of. stylistically. I am um, a quick aside about uh, the Riftones. Uh, it's like that's some of the best music, honestly, I have in my entire library, honestly, in my opinion. A lot of it has to do with Kevin Murphy. Yes. I made my brother because I like make him watch Rift Track stuff a lot. <laughs> uh, and uh, I made him watch A Talking Cat and he still hasn't. It's so funny. But I'll be like, I'll send him a text message. He'll be like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. He's like, what? What's going on? It's like can't just talk to me and he writes back it's like f off he's really <laughs> mad he's really mad that i make him watch a talking cat and he's like it's 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 pretty great but i made him listen to uh samurai cop rock, rock and action theme and you know yeah. the part where kevin just like belts out you know it's like samurai cop. like i can't do it i can't sing like kevin can <laughs> but just like he uh like whenever he hits that my brothers i was just like like dang it'd be like he's like like man, Kevin Murphy has some pipes. He can oh, really yeah. sing. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just like that's just really, you know, um and also uh Mutiny of Love, the the, the making it where Kevin filmed himself singing all the uh, harmony parts. Oh, I love that video. For uh yeah, in that video in uh for drip tracks. That's amazing. Love so that. I mean riff tones is just like and I'm glad that they're finally doing more of it, even if it is only in conjunction with the live shows, which is good because that keeps keeps it very special the yeah. riftones uh like a special thing we're getting new we're getting new content from the riftones but it's attached to a special event which is great yes um and i'm you know i'm glad we're getting more of that i listened to and i'm just really glad that um he's a star raider is more of the same in the best way yeah and if you if you uh back to the kickstarter at the appropriate level uh, and you head to the uh, to the backer kit or to the uh, the Kickstarter page while you're logged into your account. Um, that song should show up in your library. Yeah, just like if it's um, if you uh, didn't, this is what I had to do because sometimes Kickstarter rewards you have to kind of like give them a little a little push. Yeah, uh, give them a nudge. Uh, yeah, a little nudge. I mean, not Rift Tracks itself, but just kind of like the mechanisms to uh, claim this stuff. Um, what I did is I just went to rifttracks.com backslash Kickstarter 2019 and I went to that and everything just automatically like the uh, pre-order for uh, Star Raiders uh, populated in my library and so did uh, that song. Yep. So just do that and if you were at the appropriate level, then it'll just automatically populate in your library if it's not there already. Yes. So yes, we're here for tech support too. <laughs> <laughs> well, and hey, I'll take that one step further. If you have the uh, the Roku app and you were a Kickstarter backer and you pledged enough to get the Octoman live show. Yeah, I heard people uh, talking was, about this. It wasn't showing up in the Roku app at first, 
Um, but that was a technical thing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. According to uh, to the uh, internet website wizard Eric from Rift Tracks. Woo, Eric. Um, yeah, woo. They they Eric, had to the uh, to I'm do some Eric behind fan. the <laughs> do some behind the scenes things uh, to attach it properly to like a preview video or whatever. And uh, so once they got that that set up now it should show up so if you haven't been on your roku app in, in like a week or whatever since the octoman live show came out go there and it should be there now for you um and they already have preemptively fixed that for uh star raiders as well cool so yeah so star raiders hooray yeah it was a good show dave you're gonna really like it you're gonna have mm-hmm. a great time yeah, so me and everybody on team tuesday yeah uh so again that is uh well it'll be today that the uh, podcast is released this Tuesday tonight, um, the 11th, June 11th. And uh, if, if you're like me and your local theater for whatever reason, screwed up and is not showing the live shows. This happened year, a lot this time. Uh, yeah, there was, there was a lot. Uh, I'm not really sure what happened there. Obviously I don't, you know, um, you will be able to purchase this one as a VOD release, just like, the other two live shows this year star Raiders will be released on August 9th. So like the week before giant spider invasion live show. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing that I want to mention real quick, because I just noticed this, uh, on Riftracks.com, If you go into your library, you can now set up a watch list of shorts and VODs. I'm going to have to play with that. That is pretty cool. Go go check out the new the new feature of watch lists on Riftracks.com and I'm go pre-order separators if you haven't uh, if you didn't pledge at a high enough Kickstarter level and go buy he's a Star Raider which is outstanding and if you don't have it already go buy Legend of Octoman another song from the Rift Tones that is excellent I think I'm out of things to shill right now go buy uh, Flight to Mars from uh, Matthew and Ian. Until next week, I'm Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at pbandawesome. Or you can drop me a line, jeremy at pbandawesome.com. Or if you're listening to us through Anchor, or if you go to anchor.fm slash riftcast, you can actually leave us a voice message. You can tell us. You can go there and you can tell us how much we suck. (laughs) Because that's probably all the voice messages we'll ever get. You guys are terrible. You guys suck. Divided that English piece of crap. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we might after this one. Who knows? I'm Dave Chadwick, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. You can check me out on the web at SugarRayDodge.com. Send me emails at SugarRayDodge at gmail.com. I am a freelance graphic designer. I also do the Mystery Science Storybook series. Uh, I also wrestle locally here in Utah as Charlie B., on Facebook, you can search me for Sugar Ray Dodge or Charlie B. I'll pop right up, and you can see all my stuff there. And he uh, he also made the uh, the fancy little logo we have for our oh, podcast. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. That's all me. Until next week, guys. We'll see you later. See you later. <laughs>